Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama Riverdale cast. Yes, Aaron, it has been... Too long. Infinity years since uh, Riverdale has graced us with its presence. It's been an amount of time that is unknowable because of how long it's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is back now. Back as it always was. Um, <laughs> Although this episode of this show really relied on us knowing things about Riverdale, which is not typically something the show does. It Like, it really thought we'd remember stuff. It was a rough mid-season break. Like, it was kind well, okay. Last time on Riverdale, for people who need to remember things, um, the Maple Grove went on fire, and they prayed for wind because wind puts out a forest fire. Yep, as people who live in a forest fire right now, <laughs> that's how that works. That is exactly how that works. Also, last time on Riverdale, all of the convicts broke out of Hiram's prison mm-hmm. because Hiram broke them out. And I guess he thinks they owe him something. <laughs> yeah, he hired them to trash the school, I guess. Look, Hiram Lodge once again chose to give up all control over a situation and then think the situation would go in his favor. Yeah. Um, Jughead uh, tripped on maple mushrooms, uh, wrote a book, and then vanished with a bloody... Hand? <laughs> well... Tabitha comes in, and there's the handcuffs he was attached to, and they are bloody. And I think we mentioned, like, did he, like, deglove his hand? Like, there's a lot of blood there. Also previously on Riverdale, Veronica Lodge, noted businesswoman, (laughs) went to New York to uh, divorce her husband and came home neither divorced nor a noted businesswoman. (laughs) Yeah, her, yeah, Chadwick had, like used her new he had lost a lot of their money in like weird investments stock stuff um and then he somehow like used her new business to like to make more bad investments <laughs> yeah stock stuff and, and like illegal investments enough that um he said that if we get divorced I'll testify against you in court because who would believe the she wolf of wall street wouldn't know about what's going on in her own business. So I don't know how any of that happened, but that's the thing that's going on. So I guess Chad is a bad guy. And we are, I mean, yeah. we are going to pick up like the day after all this, but some of the plot lines felt like they've actually progressed a lot <laughs> further than a day, but it's definitely like the this next is like day. 12, 12 hours later. Yeah. So that is what you uh, may have forgotten about Riverdale during because, our time off. Let us tell you, we did. We had to read our recap notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but this is in the past. This is the present or the past of when we watched it. And it's also the future, uh, the future of when you will listen to this. This is all times and no times. And here we are in the world of Riverdale. Yes, because this is Riverdale Season 5, Episode 11, Chapter 87. Strange Bedfellows. Why did you say it like that? Yeah, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. No, that's not. Strange Bedfellows. Strange Bedfellows. For some reason... Alice Cooper... (laughs) ...is given a rundown on the school, whether be is right next to her. She is, in fact, giving the rundown to Weatherby. Explaining that the school was trash, and I guess it's because she's head of the parents? <laughs> she doesn't have any children at that school, Kevin. I she sure doesn't. No, <laughs> but, Or any grandchildren. But somehow she's, like, on the school board, maybe? Also there is Archie, who also gives Weatherby a rundown and explains that He'll fix that school up, right? You know, if we can get enough volunteers, because he's a construction boy. <laughs> well, if I can get a crew together, I'm sure that we can repair it. Uh, until then, <laughs> they're going to go back to re- to remote learning, which I think makes it canonical that... There was a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, back in 2020, which was... Seven years yeah. ago. Mm, well... Six years ago? Yes. Yes. About six or seven years ago. 
The cool throwback Riverdale. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun. I, think I, that's I fun. actually kind of like it. Because they just go, all right, back to remote learning, and away <laughs> they go. Uh, meanwhile, we got to check another storyline, and that is Veronica. And Veronica is also back. Now, Smithers is trying to tell her that the school was burned to the ground, but she is distracted by the most ugly opal that has been known ever. Yes, so apparently... Now, sh- okay... She's going to be like, oh, well, with the with uh, the commission, not commission, uh, that I get off of this opal, um, I'll, we'll be able to pay back the investors that my husband defrauded or something that happened there. Veronica But, but no, wait, she already had to have had this opal transfer set before. up. But this is just convenient, Kevin. Yeah. You know what? Veronica Lodge always has a solution to every problem. And let's clarify. This opal finally finally came in from ethiopia this opal is a macguffin that'll be handed around this opal is a hundred percent a blood opal right i didn't even know there were blood opals but there's <laughs> gotta be it's also like the size of my right boob yeah like well i mean no one knows the context for that um the <laughs> it's a big opal is all i'm saying the <sighs> The way they talk with this opal, it, spoiler, it'll get stolen, and, like, she can't claim insurance on it or anything, and, like, they can't, they don't, like, go do, like, any, they can't, they can't like. They don't do any logical things that one would do involving, like. If your store was robbed. Yeah. Which really, really, really just narrows down that Veronica in this episode will commit a war crime. But unfortunately, we can't dwell on that because Smithers finally is able to tell her about the high school. Yeah. So what does Veronica do? She goes to see her boyfriend, Archie. She, go, she goes to see the person who knows everything that happens at that school, Archie. And Archie's like, yeah, yeah, the school is broken into. It's fine. I fought a lot of convicts. Are you divorced? <laughs> and then the, their relationship enters a stage that might be my favorite stage of the Archie-Veronica relationship where she's like, no, we're not divorced, and for legal reasons, I should probably keep you out of it. Hey, do you want to still hang out? And he's like, no, I don't. No, I don't want to be in a weird situation where for legal reasons you can't tell me why you're not divorced. <laughs> no, Veronica, I don't think we should date while you're still trying to get divorced from your weird husband. Veronica, this seems like a situation where I, Archie Andrews, will end up like, tied up and knocked out in a warehouse and bless archie he sticks to it the entire episode he never this is so unarchie. he never goes back to her no she, she's she'll be constantly popping up being like hey man you want to hook up but he's like you're still married the no Adult Archie has learned how to sometimes not put himself in bad situations. Unfortunately, he hasn't 100% learned it, because what is his plan he's going to do? Well, it's not get a crew together to repair the school. It's become a bounty hunter. He's going to get all those convicts, because that's how he's going to get the money to fix the school. Okay, that comes later. The I'm going to get these convicts because Hiram puts up a bounty is after he's like, I'm going to get these convicts. Because I have to because I'm Archie. Because <laughs> I'm Archie. Firefighter, construction worker, gym teacher. Army vet- veteran. <laughs> veteran. <laughs> I'm going to go chasing after fugitives. Look, Kevin, we cannot forget Riverdale is not a town and does not have a police force. Although I do think that Keller is the sheriff for is. the county. He's got to be. He still has a role. They can still arrest people. Like So he has to have deputies then, right? Which means he doesn't need Archie? I don't know. This is all a mess. Um, and it doesn't get any better because, Aaron, I am exhausted at what we are going to have to deal with in the Blossom storyline. So Penelope Blossom, she's back and she's full of fire and fury, except not fire. She's full of wind because wind stopped the fire. Anyway, she's starting a religion because she found Jesus in prison. She did not find Jesus. She just found religion. Yeah, she's she's a ministry. She's a minister. She has a ministry. Yeah, she's going to start running services. Now, you might be wondering, audience, wait now, hold on a second. Hold on. Didn't she go to jail for so many murders? Oh, don't worry, Kevin. She was up for early parole, so no one will be concerned that she broke out of the prison, which is a secondary crime. So it's probably fine. Like, hey, I was. she didn't get parole. She was 
she was available to possibly get parole. And then she gave herself parole. Yeah, and, and Cheryl's like, wait, aren't the police going to come after you? You start doing these open things, just wandering around. And she just says, no, they won't. And it seems like they won't. Also, the Blossoms need money. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, they always need money. So um, Betty, who, as you may remember, left Riverdale to go undercover as a trucker, does an ad for smart food popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we got no more Doritos. Now it's smart food. Um, our Doritos are for bad guys. Smart food is for smart girls. Ooh. Um, she's on recover, Aaron. She's just a trucker now. She quit the FBI, or she's on leave from the FBI. She's she's just a trucker doing trucker justice. But she doesn't have time for that trucker justice because Tabitha calls her and is like, "So I may have let Jughead do some mushrooms and then handcuffed him to something, and now he's escaped the handcuffs. Anyway, he's missing." And then Betty says, no, Jughead's been known to go off the grid for days at a time, which I don't think is true for while they were dating. No, it is 100% true because he went off the grid and moved out of her house and then disappeared forever. <laughs> they can't keep on like like putting these things in the time where we don't know what they were doing because it was implied for a while that they had like never talked after Betty went on her trip and Jughead squatted in Archie's house. And then eventually moved into the bunker. But now it's saying that, like, maybe they do have been talking the entire time, or maybe they only talked once the entire time, or maybe someone was talked at during this time. But Riverdale will not let us make those connections because Tabitha gets <laughs> robbed by a convict. Yeah. Conveniently, Penelope Blossom... This will be unexplained and untouched on. <laughs> we had to we had to go back and watch again because we we're like, so a woman who's walks into it, dress in red. Tates. It is Penelope. It we is. double checked. Mm -hmm. So Penelope distracts the ro the robber for by, like by walking in, and so Tabitha attacks him. Yeah, because Tabitha is the best. Yeah, listen, yeah, she knocks him out. She just doesn't light him on fire like Veronica did. No, she leaves him for the police to get him. Yeah, uh, and the police. Kevin, Ke not Kevin Keller, Sheriff Keller, do get him. Yeah, he and Archie, also the police, I guess. <laughs> Jeremiah Peterson, he's one of the escaped convicts. He's not going to be super important in the end. They, He's just one of the convicts that they kind of want to... They want to ask him some questions about, like, where the other convicts might be. <laughs> yeah. Logically. Now, now, he's not going to say anything. He ain't no snitch, so Keller's going to come back and check on him later, which should be a sign that that's not going to happen. But... Now is the time for more robberies. All right. This episode has a lot of people coming in from the past. And in this case, Veronica, at her high-end jewelry store in this unincorporated town... ...is in the middle of selling the ugliest, largest opal known to man. But, but very clearly is supposed to be incredibly valuable to Mr. Sands is his now, name. I just need to like point out that this opal just looks like an ugly rock. <laughs> it looks like an ugly rock. If you didn't have the TV show telling you it was important, you would never know it's important. That's what I mean. Well, I mean, that's what I mean by it is a, like, that's why I keep calling it like a blood opal. This is a raw pulled up from the ground from some slave in Ethiopia. Uncut. Like, yeah. Opal. This is a war crime. 100% this is a war crime. I just feel like I need to make it very clear to the audience that this opal does not look of anything of import because Veronica will be working with this man. She mm -hmm. will get a – so her, Some, she someone, has a yeah. high-end jewelry store where you have to, like, be buzzed in. So someone will buzz in and in comes our old friends, the Dickinsons. <laughs> it's Dodger and Mama and Veronica buzz them in without looking because yep. – security yeah. um so they rob the store and by that i mean they like smash one cabinet and take that money and then they <laughs> decide they need this ugly rock the assumption has to be this looks like a high-end guy he's holding the rock in his hand i'm sure it's valuable god knows where darla dickinson knows where to sell an opal <laughs> yeah what do they think they're gonna do with this rock but they're taking it they're taking it and as <laughs> dodger I, I think he taunts this because we as the audience are supposed to be like, because he says, I hope you have insurance. And I'm like, we're supposed to be like, oh, my God, Veronica doesn't have insurance. Why doesn't Veronica have insurance? Yeah, why wouldn't Veronica have why insurance? Why wouldn't Veronica have like, insurance? This I is a legitimate business. Yeah, I understand that, like, she, like, this whole thing where they don't have money because, like, um, 
uh, Chadwick used th- their place as like a, a front so, to do his weird investments. But that are doesn't we meant ch- to assume that Chadwick canceled her insurance to do his nefarious deeds? There's nothing to think of because there's no way that Veronica set up this store without insurance. Because you probably legally cannot. There's yeah, there, like <laughs> there's so much diamonds in that store. Like I'm sure legally you cannot have a jewelry store without business. Well, no, I have. I've run business ventures. You are legally required to have proof of insurance. Yeah. <laughs> That's only why she has the lock is because insurance required them to have that lock. Anyway. Off go the Dickinsons. Yeah. Uh, this is a quick scene where Archie sees the whole press conference with like with another blast in the past, Governor Dooley. Uh, and then they're going to oh, they're going to set up some rewards for these uh, these convicts, which uh, are fugitives. Which Archie's like, oh, cool, I was doing it anyway. Now I'm going to get paid. I'm going to fix the school with Hiram's money because I'm doing the thing I love to do, which is stopping bad guys. Archie is on the ball this episode. He, like, well, I mean, as much as we were razzing him for the fact that he decides to be a bounty hunter all of a sudden, um, <laughs> him being like, well, I know my weird justice brain would make me have to go get the people anyways. Might as well get paid for it from Hiram. No, Hiram hates everything about this, and also Hiram hates Julie. <laughs> Why did Hiram think this wouldn't happen? <laughs> That's Hiram this season. You know, like brilliant criminal mastermind Hiram has shown us like an ongoing trend of repeatedly giving up control over situations that he needs to be in control of. Yeah, the only explanation we get is like, um, when I was like, why would Hiram, he releases them and then he puts out a reward for them? Oh, he's trying to look like a good guy. But even just, Dooley, I mean, uh, I mean, Dooley's under his thumb. He mm. refers to him as local philanthropist. There's nothing but Hiram that our, he's a businessman. He's the local businessman. Yeah, he's not a philanthropist. He doesn't appear as a philanthropist. He does not donate to charities. His most notable thing was he was the mayor of, the t- of a very bad town and then that town vanished (laughs) do you think that Hiram just thought he could control these convicts because he's been able to control like mafia underlings and he's like this will be the same and he was like oh no bad guys is bad they're badder guys than me I don't know I have no idea Um, we do have this thing here where uh, Donald Dooley (laughs) is his full name um, he's in on the whole palladium thing. And man, do these people want that palladium. They want that palladium. Give me the palladium. But Hiram says we didn't find any palladium. But we know for a fact that they <laughs> did because Reggie let all that information slide. Yeah. Speaking of Reggie. Veronica calls Reggie to threaten him to find the opal. <laughs> uh, threaten him, convince him. We learned that apparently he's working off his, like, the reason he works for Hiram is because his dad is indebted to Hiram, so his son is now, like... Working for Hiram to pay off his dad's debt. And Veronica's like, you could work for me. And Reggie's like, oh my god, no more lodges. I like the idea that... (laughs) Reggie says this, and it's like, oh, cool backstory. Anyway, let's not talk about that anymore. Also, how did his dad get in debt to Hiram under, like, bad business deals? His dad owned car dealerships. It's not like he was wheeling and dealing on the stock floors. Well, I mean... I, doing insider trading. Once again, Hiram did trash the town somehow. Who knows what happened to the... Maybe Hiram trashed all of the cars. I don't know. Um, we can skip, skip forward a little bit because we don't really need to get... There's a lot of scenes with Betty and Tabitha just sort of being like, I don't want to find Jughead. I do want to find Jughead. Let's go find Jughead. Betty will be judgy about yeah. drugs. Tabitha will... Tell Betty that she's a fun killer because that's what Jughead said. Yeah. This is all meant to like really develop the pathos of the characters, but I don't care about it because it doesn't stick with anything <laughs> I ever saw on screen. Literally, literally, literally the pathing um, of Betty and Tabitha is going to be be at the diner, go to the bunker, go back to the diner, go <laughs> go to Jughead's house, go back to the diner, go back to the bunker. Like they don't, they go, they just cycle between three sets over and over again, talking about the same thing. Suggesting they don't actually look for Jughead because he's obviously in none of the three places they went. So maybe he could be somewhere else in this very small town. Yeah. Um, we, we get the, the 
accumulation of what I mentioned earlier with the whole robber guy that Darla Dickinson just like comes in and kills him is effectively. Yeah. And then yeah. also other Dickinson Dodger. No, Darla, no Dodger's Darla, here. Attacks, just Darla. Darla attacks Keller. Yeah, Keller is also there during this. Yeah, Keller comes in and he sees someone messing with the convict, and then they put a sound effect on her stomping on his head that sounds like it like popped like a watermelon. He's fine though. Yeah, he's going to be vaguely <laughs> disheveled when we see him later. Yeah, his head did not explode like that insane sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty decides that you know the only way that she and Tabitha are going to find Jughead is if they read his manuscript. Yeah, completely ignoring the massive amount of blood around his handcuff. Betty even just like, she looks at the manuscript and goes, oh no, that's a problem. The blood, Betty! The blood is a problem. (laughs) Betty, you're an FBI agent. It seems like he has lost a hand somewhere. Now, now we'll see Jughead. Jughead is fine. His hand is fine. There is no blood anywhere on that young man's body. No, he's standing over like a like a trash can fire, like warming his hands like a hobo. Okay, I understand hobo's offensive, but like a hobo who's been a hobo for it's, well, a th- decade. Because that is very stereotypical. It's so that's and the thing they're evoking hobo imagery. It's also weird that he he's not waking up from like a stupor. He's not coming out into anything. He's just standing over a trash can fire and a bunch of rich guys come out like come out come of out a location and bug him and, and then, then throw money at him and then beat him up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And we were and we'll be constantly going back to Jughead and the entire time we were like this has got to be like a dream sequence, right? <laughs> I don't understand why because he's not like he's not on drugs anymore. He yeah. If he's not in a dream sequence, is completely sober. He seems he like, and has just chosen to hang out in Sketch Alley where the dogs live. Yeah, he looks a little bit sad, but he's not coming out out of a trip. Not not visually, not in a way that the, that like that evokes anything. The for show us. is telling us, oh, he is coming down from a trip, and he just woke up here. Also, do you think he is wearing different clothing than he, he was? Yeah, so he changes clothes. That won't be. Ex- <laughs> I guess he went home. And got changed, and then came here. Yeah. So, um, Archie and Fangs, Fangs and Frank. Oh, yeah. So, Frank. Frank, who also escaped from the prison, but was a good dude when escaping. He warned people. <laughs> Alice, sorry, not Alice. Um, Molly Ringwald Andrews has very easily developed a plan that will compel some sort of law agency to give him early parole? It's weird to me. He's not even, like, in holding. Like, they, they didn't be like, hey, look, we understand that you you helped, like, you, you know, you helped with the other person. Like, pres- you escaped to warn so, people. So maybe there's extenuating circumstances there. But maybe, just maybe, we, <laughs> we should at least, like, I don't know, have someone watching you? I don't know. If, like, between him and Penelope. The person who's watching him is Archie. And Frank's like, look, Archie, I think I know places the convicts want to hide, so I guess we should go find them. And Archie's like, yep, no guns, can't have guns, there'll be no bloodshed. Nope, so they go, uh, they go bounty, hunt- bounty hunting. Also, Kevin Keller is concerned he has not heard from his dad for like 27 minutes. Yeah. Uh, quick scene with Bay Be- and Tabitha where they decide to call in the the worst backup they could think. I mean, they didn't call her in. They just call her. To see if Jug had called her. It's Jess, by the way. We never said her name there because oh, yeah. I was leading up to something and then I pulled myself back. So they think that maybe when Jughead was high, he may have called Jess. And he didn't. Well, also she gave him the drugs. So they're like. Yeah, they're like, there could be a connection. Let's just like. I don't know. Let's be good investigators. So, but she invites herself to. Uh, to Riverdale, and Betty's like, you know what? I do want to meet Jess. <laughs> this, this is the time I want to do it. Well, Jughead is missing. And there's so much blood in the bunker. Why will no one discuss the blood? This is the problem. Like, if they're doing it based on, oh, no, Jughead vanishes for, like, days at a time on, like, we, uh, like on Bender seems to be the idea. But How we... does Betty know that? Yes, that is the problem. So, like, them not caring... Because of stuff that happened in that seven-year gap that we didn't see doesn't sit well with us, considering how, like, the entire crux of, like, the last season was Jughead goes missing, and that is terrifying. And everyone's very concerned. <laughs> and now they're just like, 
eh, essentially the same thing happened. And I guess we know where Jughead is, kind of. Although we, me and Kevin, watched this episode together for the first time in a long time. And we think he's living in a dream sequence. Yeah. Or at the very least, like, New York. Because, I mean, we'll just say it. He's in Sketch Alley. He's... He's in. He's like a block away from his home. <laughs> At no point when Betty and Tabitha are like, "Hey, where is this guy who's like has some drug problems and has some of those Could problems?" Could he be in a place where other drugs might be? Could he be where the dogs are? But the Riverdale does not want us to ask these questions. Riverdale wants us to watch Penelope Blossom preach to the tiniest congregation. And we and we get to hear what her religion is because Cheryl busts in and asks questions. It is the. Religion of Jason. And Kevin, people are following this religion with Jason being their Jesus. Now, admittedly, the the few people in there, I think, were, were more of just like, hey, you got a warm place and probably some free food? Yeah. However, this religion is also a money scam. It is. She, um, she definitely uh, needs the... She does sort of that um, profit... Uh, what's it called? The... Um, Maybe Prophet Bible, I think might be Is the she a little bit inspired by um, the cult? The farm? <laughs> a little bit. The thing is, the cult never asked for donations. The cult stole your organs. No, they also asked for donations. That's how Betty lost her college Ooh, fund. Right, yeah. They did use they did use their college fund because mom's terrible undercover agent. <laughs> so, um... So they're they're um uh there being almost everybody is tracking down the cons to kind of take him down at a a card game? Yeah, they're having like a poker yeah. game. Dodger is bad at it and wanders off, which is unfortunate because when Archie does bust in, yeah. and Reggie also busts in. And Veronica is also there. I mean, everyone is there. Dodger is not there. Yeah. So Archie's like, well, I guess I got to go <laughs> deal with finding another convict. And another fantastic thing. Veronica is like, hey, well, you know, Dodger's the one who took my opal, so maybe you can find it as well. And and Archie's like, N- I'm not doing that. She's like, no, I'm getting convicts, Veronica. <laughs> if your opal's there, that's cool. Cool. Fun. I don't care. It's not my stated goal. <laughs> Gives her nothing. Right. So back to Jughead. He reawakens in a tent city, which we will subsequently learn is Sketch Alley. Yeah. And some guy is there, and this guy changed his Band-Aids, and this guy is very concerned. I don't know how Jughead had previous Band-Aids that needed changed, but... Uh, well, this- I mean, I guess he cut, he had cut his, he had, we do know he was cut. Yes. So they changed those Band-Aids. So he, he bandaged himself. And then he was bandaged again by Doc. Doc is also like, look, dude, you definitely need antibiotics. There was so much blood in the bunker. Oh, yeah. It does seem like for the rest of this, Jughead is kind of running, um run in a fever because uh, he'll sort of like pass in and out because we- he asks this man he says oh thank you so much for helping me what can i call you and the man says doc his name is calvin but you can call him doc and then we flash back to a scene that we thought was a fake story so hey remember back in the skull and bones uh society they all had to reveal a secret their worst secret of their past, and that's when Donna revealed that she was abused by her uncle, but she's yeah. actually talking about one of the teachers at school. No, she wasn't. She was just straight up lying. No, it was actually one of the teachers at school, wasn't it? No. The, no, she pretends it was um, the... Oh, that's right. She says it was her uncle, and then later she pretends it was not honey. Sam Whitwer, whatever his yeah. character name is. Um, but then, but then Jughead finds the um, tapes of her telling that story over and over with That's different right. person each time. So it's unclear, I think, if that ever happened to her. Um, so anyway, the story that Jughead told was about when he was homeless and yeah. he lived by the river, and a man named Doc looked after him. So that so that the junkies wouldn't mess with him. But then Doc got really beaten up, and Jughead didn't help him. And it, it is impossible for Kevin and I to make the story sync with what we know of Jughead's past. Yeah, for I right now I th- I'm I might be tricking myself because once again the show is insane that I thought he had lied about that because he knew that they were taking secrets. But I think what we had decided at the time, and I mean this is an episode we could listen to, but that's we won't. So far back there, um, 
it just doesn't like the timeline doesn't stick up where an extended period of time where he was that well here's the thing i just read the riverdale prequel book yeah the day before mm-hmm. which takes place the day before july 4th yeah and at that point he was living with his dad in the trailer yeah and his mom left and you know whatever they lost their house or whatever mm-hmm. And then he chose in that book to move into the movie theater. And we know that he moved from the movie theater to the school. Yeah. So when was he homeless living by the river? Yeah, enough time to be taken care of by this guy. For... So that's why we just sort of assumed it was a lie he was making up. But no, apparently it's real. So he says that um, my name is Henry, even though he looks, looks exactly like the same. Head. <laughs> he looks vaguely older, a little bit more like sad in the face <laughs> doc says doc says hey you look like dylan sprouse and he's like that's not me no, absolutely not <laughs> so uh uh hiram has apparently called donald dooley about the palladium but it's all a trick a man a man holding a bat wrapped in chain link fence yeah, fencing you know the stuff that goes on it nope barbed wire bat is a barbed wire bat he's negan this man is negan yeah um and he has made has made that has made Hiram make this call so yeah. that Dooley will come to where they are so more bad things will happen. Mm, so there. Um God, we I, I can't do this. Jess, Betty, and Tawith are gonna keep searching. They're like going around. They're looking for drugs. They're going to the school. They don't find drugs because I don't think I realized that Jughead was a druggie. I knew he was an alcoholic. Yeah, I think like the words they were using was loose enough that I think you could go other ways. Jughead, I do seem to remember Jughead implying that he had, like, done harder things as well, but then he just went directly to magic, to uh, well, maple okay, mushrooms. That's the thing. The yeah. drug we've seen him take is maple mushrooms, which I refuse to take seriously, Riverdale. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very... Even magic mushrooms in, in real life is just a psychedelic. Yeah, it, it's, it's very... It's very they, it, was, it was very vague to the point of, like... Who knows where I was going? Also, I mean, Jess could be lying here. That's true too. Like I, she's not a reliable narrator. Jess will, from all I can tell, just sort of drag Tabitha and Betty around Riverdale, succeeding in nothing. Like I, I we don't even know what her goal really is. Yeah, like like <laughs> we can probably just skip the rest of these scenes, and I'll just tell you they'll go to Jughead's house. Which is Archie's garage. Yep. They'll go to the the diner where Jess will... Well, they'll go back to the bunker and Jess will try to convince him to do drugs and try to get the manuscript from them. And then they'll go to the diner where Jess will actually give them drugs. And then they'll go back, back to, to the, the bunker. bunker where... And then back at the bunker, she will talk a drugged Betty into giving her the, the manuscript. manuscript. Because Betty's like, this is nonsense. This manuscript sucks. But Jess is like, well, I'm afraid after the time with the outcast that he wrote about me and his time. And there's no way. She's definitely stealing the, the manuscript. manuscript for reasons. Right? There's no way that. And then Jess leaves and Betty and Tabitha have a drug trip. That is their entire plot line. Like, we're not going to go back to this. <laughs> they do not succeed in anything. We get some drama from Betty, but like... Oh, there is this one scene where Betty plays the voicemail the jug had left for her on like, his book launch party. Two, yeah, two years ago. Where he's like, I thought you were coming. Also, Betty, you're garbage. You're the most garbage person who ever garbage. You kiss, you kiss my best friend. You found a way to hurt both me and Veronica. He is very rude. Don't get me wrong. He is very mean in the voicemail. That was also a lot for him to hold on to for five years. Maybe they should have talked they about have it. Talked. Yeah, yeah. But he's also not entirely yeah, wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah, he's just mean. Also, it's a drunk message that a drunk ex-boyfriend left you. You delete that ish. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah, Betty, you've been keeping the voicemail for two years, and they're all like, oh, man, that's dark. Junk it dark. I'm like, Betty. Two years you've been keeping that yeah. voicemail. Betty, you're dating Glenn. Get over it. Do you just listen to it to rile yourself up more? Oh, you're supposed to be an adult. Right. So Cheryl is uh, angry at her mom because she's defiling the memory of Jason. And then- Cheryl has learned when she burned Jason's corpse and also when her mom tricked her with moving that doll around that you can't believe in inter- eternity. Yeah, apparently Cheryl might have once been religious. But now she's Unknowable. like, there's nothing beyond. <laughs> she sounds like she's referring to the cult when she's like, I once thought that there was something and I could talk to Jason. No, 
She's now referring to when she was in the cult and she was drugged to imagine Jason was real. No, she's talking about when she kept his corpse in her house. <laughs> but then her mother had Used a been... doll. Yeah. And lived in the walls <laughs> and tricked Cheryl into thinking that her third brother that died in utero was also haunting her. It sounds like Cheryl blames her mom for her having to get rid of Jason and not the fact that she was... Dating a living woman who was weirded out by it. Look, there are some things that we all need to know about Cheryl. And so that if any character on the show has ever needed therapy, <laughs> it was Archie. But secondarily, it was Cheryl. She definitely needed to talk to someone who was not a part of her family and not her girlfriend about her life at some point <laughs> in her life. I fear Cheryl's one of those people that therapy might not work on. Because she knows better than the therapist. Yeah. Uh, we, we, oh, we discover something now, Kevin. We go back to Veronica's house. Keep in mind, this house has been remodeled, if you remember. Archie did it in zero time by himself with his friend, his <laughs> army friend. Yeah. Jackson? Yeah. Um, and what did she add? She has a black jack table in her house. With a dealer and a man playing jack jack. Blackjack it's with Mr. Her. Sands. It's got to be Mr. Sands. This will not be made clear to us, but it has to be that. Also, the dealer is Reggie. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, but he's like dressed up like a blackjack dealer. Like he's got, I mean, I guess he dresses nice this season, but <laughs> it just like when we first saw it, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is terrible excess. Like... <laughs> Now, this is not the point of the scene, but we did get very, very stuck on it. Yeah. The point of the scene is that she gets a phone call from what she thinks is her dad, but is revealed through the subtitles, because <laughs> we watched with the subtitles, to be a man named Ted. And we're like, who is Ted? Ted is the man with the baseball bat. Ted is the man with the baseball bat, and he's working with the Dickinsons, and he wants the palladium. Also, he's there. He's in the El Royale, which Hiram managed to spit out. And he has Dooley. And he has Keller. And he obviously has Hiram. Yeah, yeah. So bring and, me the palladium. And because Dooley reveals where they are, he gets shot in his tummy for his troubles. Uh, uh, yes, but that's not when this happens. Hiram reveals where they are and he gets punched in the face. Dooley gets shot randomly in the stomach. Well, you know, Hiram <laughs> revealed where they were, so. Yeah, and he gets punched in the face, but they shoot Dooley later. So uh, Archie uh, is hanging out with Kevin Keller, who is yeah. still really worried about his dad. Yeah. And they get informed um, about this whole situation, at which point he hears the name Ted and flashes back to fighting a man in a bathroom. Now, Kevin and I logically assumed this happened in the previous episode, which was four months ago, when Archie fought numerous convicts in the high school. Yeah. And I'm fine with bringing this up now, I think. Because well, we didn't figure this out now. We, had, <laughs> we figured this out later. We had an entire other scene where they started talking about Ted in very friend, not friendly, but like knowledgeable terms where it's like, oh, Frank knows Fred or knows Ted and Ted knows the El Royale. Oh, we didn't even mention that. For some reason, Ted is keeping um, Hiram and Dooley and Keller at the El Royale, which, which is also a fire station. Yeah, you may recall, is now the fire station. Anyway, um, they said, like, oh, he knows these things. We're like, who is this guy? I had to look it up. Ted, Mr. Ted Bishop, was Frank's former, like, mercenary mate who came into town to kill him. Remember that scene? Yeah. From a year and a half ago? It seemed that maybe they were compelled by hypnotism, although probably not. They, they were not. <laughs> um, and then for, you know, when Frank was like, well, this is real bad. I got to leave town. Ted decided the right thing to do was to attack a teenager <laughs> in a <laughs> high school Archie. bathroom. The problem is the last episode also had Archie fighting grown men at the high school. And I'm sorry, Archie does not look that much different between last season and this season. And Ted was a guy who appeared for one episode a year and a half ago. You chose the wrong scene for context. And we watched the previously on 
And I just think if they wanted to, like, put a little, like, trick in our head, they should have put a scene where it was Fred coming, Frank coming back into town. And or remind us that Frank went to jail because he was a mercenary. Yeah. Like, like linked to the mercenary thing somehow. Yeah, these mercenaries try to kill. We remember the Dickinsons because they were in multiple episodes. And also the episode does a way better job. Like when Veronica meets the Dickinsons, she's oh. like, oh, I remember you from Hello- from Thanksgiving. Ted's introduced standing behind Hiram with a bat. And we're just sort of like, that's a spooky guy. <laughs> oh, no. Is uh, that a Negan reference? All right, so they get the um the safe that they believe that the Palladium is in just out of the wall, and they're just going to give the safe to the guys. Yeah, they take it out of the wall with a dolly and tools, and I guess they're just going to hand it over. There's no way the Palladium's in that safe. There's no well, way Palladium's that much that if it was in that safe, it would be worth Hiram doing any of this. Well, and let's be real. There's no way that Reggie knows where Hiram is keeping the Palladium. <laughs> he even says, I don't know, man, there's a safe behind a, a painting. Maybe it's in there. They don't need that. They have a different idea. And that idea <laughs> is going to be... Veronica needs to give them 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but we can't dwell on that because I guess we don't want to build momentum in this episode. Instead, Jughead hears a smashing outside his tent in Tent City. Somebody, somebody's beating up Doc. Oh, no. The businessman <gasps> came back? I guess. We need to dwell. Why are there businessmen here? Why are they in this town? It's not a town. Who are they meeting with? It's so, not Veronica. It's so, not Hiram. Yeah. So he smashes this person over the back of the head and then just passes out. He is on a fe- He's feverish. He's so hot. I thought he was tripping. Now, this means that Jughead did the thing he could not do. In the story we thought was fake. Yeah, so, you know, I guess this is an important arc. It, it didn't help, though, the entire time we're like, what? No, what? It seems like a dream sequence. It does. It does still seem like a dream sequence. So, um, Veronica calls Ted and is like, I'm going to bring you a safe. And he's like, only you can come, not your boyfriend. <laughs> Which is the moment that we're like, wait, why does Ted I, know what Archie is? Yeah, why does Ted know that Archie's involved <laughs> at all? Because they're like, oh, well, he knows Archie's involved. He does not know Frank is involved. Which they do say is like, oh, because Frank's involved, we're going to have get the drop on him. Frank is inconsequential. Archie is inconsequential. Like, why would Ted assume that Hiram, I guess Keller, oh, no, okay, the Keller thing. Yeah. Relates, connects him to Archie. No, but but the last time he talked to Veronica, I was like, hey, just give me, just give me the palladium. He doesn't know she talked to anyone else at all. He, I guess he's just assuming, hey, I beat up your boyfriend once. No, don't worry. Archie is like, yeah, he knows the El Royale. But at some point over the past couple years, I put in a secret skylight. Oh. It's covered by a tarp. That's well, not a secret skylight. No, he says it's a secret. Well, it's a secret he from... He made changes. It's a secret from um, Ted, who apparently knows the El Royale so well. So, um, all right. I know. Maybe so, they're going to do that. Yeah. Um... God, we get Cheryl's whole thing here. So apparently Cheryl, after having the whole talk about religion and all that, needs to go look at some stuff. So she has a chest. So Cheryl, when she burned her brother's corpse and finally came to terms with the fact that he was dead, did not come to terms with the fact that he was dead because she got his burned skeleton back from the river. I think... I think that's the, the, the thing. I think that's the implication. It's it's either that or she burned another corpse. Anyway, she has a corpse in a chest. <laughs> Whatever the reasoning behind it, she does have a corpse in a chest. And at this point, it is it is <laughs> it is the end of uh of Ra- of not Razor of Len, end of Last Crusade, like old it up. Like he body. looks like he looks like he's from Pompeii. Yeah, and then sure. And then she sees a bird, a bird flies. She doesn't see it. It flies in this red computer generated bird flies in and she smiles at it. And I go, oh, my God, she thinks Jason was reincarnated into a bird. So now she's going to join the Jason religion. Now, a bunch of the stuff we talked about previously about Jess being terrible happens. Mm hmm. They end up back in the bunker, and she's like, look, 
you guys are on drugs. Also, you gave me the manuscript. So I'm happy. Just have like a cool, chill trip. And then... They um, start singing. And then... Penelope starts singing. And then... Cheryl starts singing, and it's a musical number. That's weirdly religious. This cannot possibly be how it works, Riverdale. The people who are on drugs can sing. You can't bring other people into that storyline. <laughs> what is the parallel you're doing here? I mean, I guess that now... Cheryl is in a, her own form of like almost a drug fever as she has seen a bird that might be her brother. So she joins her mother's ministrations. And now Betty and Tabitha can work together and Cheryl and Penelope can work together. So it's a musical. I guess. Then we take a break from the <laughs> musical and Veronica delivers the safe. And she makes them pat her down for 30 seconds. Well, she doesn't... She doesn't <laughs> they ask to pat her down. She just draws it. She doesn't even draw it out. She... I mean, I guess she brags about hidden pockets to make them so look harder for hidden pockets. Down. But then she goes, well, that was 30 seconds worth of a pat down. And then, like, there is not even, like, a good surprise. The skylight shatters. Four men rappel down from the skylight and then stand there and pose. And, like, they would have shot you. And then the fight scene continues while also the musical continues. Yeah, the weird psychedelic thing. Although Archie does do a cool jump punch. (laughs) He does do a cool slow motion jump punch. And Veronica does get her stupid blood opal. Yep. And Cheryl hallucinates Jason. That actor's getting getting his stand-in. For for a guy whose character died in the first episode, he's made a lot of money. Who has never had lines. No, he did have one line in a flashback. Cheryl was like, are you ready? And he was like, yes. Oh, yeah, Aaron. (laughs) He did it. Didn't he have lines in no. the um when they filmed him dying? No. I don't think wow. he ever had lines. He I'm I'm like <laughs> he he has the presence that like Hannah Baker from Thirteen Reasons Why does, or like any person was like, oh, and they're kinda like a ghost who's haunting them. Mm. Except for he appears like once a season for Cheryl to go, Oh right. The only motivation they could ever give me. I do feel bad for that poor actor because he's not a redhead. He is not. So, like, once a year, they're like, I'm so sorry. We have to destroy your hair. All right. Uh, so, after this whole fight. Yeah. Veronica, she's got her opal, and she's going to give it to Sands. And she also talked duly into giving Frank a pardon. She's going to complete her war crime. I thought this was... I thought Molly Ringwald Andrews was getting Frank the pardon, but thought- now he's definitely... No, she was getting him early parole, but now he's getting a pardon. Yeah, because he saved Dooley. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention... Yeah, so, yeah, Dooley did get shot in the stomach, and they're so that for them to be like, hey, you gotta be here in a couple hours, and I'm like, dude, you shot an old guy in the stomach. Like, yeah, that is a... not great. That's a brave choice. Like, once again, you're lucky this place is a magic hospital. Um, <laughs> after all this, Veronica's like, so... I got my rock, and I made things nice for your uncle. Are, are you sure about that not wanting to do anything while I'm married? And Archie goes, yeah. I'm yeah, sure. I'm very sure. It's tough, but I'm very sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh, Archie. <laughs> Good episode for Archie. Good Archie episode. Good Archie episode. Um, so Hiram decides to call Julie in the hospital and just taunt him a whole bunch. Yeah, he's like... He- it's unclear. I think he's going to keep you. He he tells him you're not getting any palladium. You're never getting any palladium. Also, never come back to Riverdale. I will shoot you in the head if you ever return. But you're still in my pocket, right? I well, he the thing is he doesn't say that. So like I was like implies it. I, well, I don't know because you're under the you're under the impression that he. That he's, like, going to keep using him. I'm under the impression, how do you do that when you just told him you're getting nothing out of this? Look, Kevin, Hiram burns every bridge he has and thinks things will still work out. That's what I mean. Like, did he just give up his control over Dooley by just being like, never come to my part of town again? (laughs) Hiram... Um, oh, oh, yeah, we didn't mention um, the reason that the, that, like, Ted and the Dickens says no about the Palladium is because they were used to mine it, which is what we said about the whole, 
you had prisoners mine your palladium and then you released them. Like, what is your end goal? Either you kill them or you keep them in prison forever. Yeah, you can't do this. Because they're just going to they're just going to tell everybody, yo, I was forced to mine palladium in that prison. So either pay them off or kill them. So back in Sketch Alley, Jughead awakens again. Yeah. And we find out that last night Doc's Doc's friend, not his friend brought him antibiotics. Not it. Yep. And Doc delivered these antibiotics into Jughead's system while he was passed out. Yeah. Well, because because Jughead saved Doc from getting beaten up by a guy. Jughead is concerned that he killed that man, but don't worry, Doc just dragged him to the end of Sketch yeah, Alley. Yeah, Doc. Yeah, Doc explains I dragged him to the end of Ske- end of Sketch Alley, and he's sitting there. And then his friend gave him the anti got him with the antibiotics. They just sort of like had two things happen because they didn't want this storyline <laughs> going on any longer. So then Jughead's like, "That's cool. I really like that you helped me. I can never go home <laughs> again because I experienced trauma in New York, and now I gotta go there." And also, Doc knows that he's Jughead. Yeah, he's like, my name's not Henry, it's Jughead. And Doc's like, duh. I know, you look exactly like Dylan Sprouse. I mean, Cole Sprouse. <laughs> so, I guess it's all true? Yeah, I guess he actually did. This Doc did help him. And everything that happened in this episode happened? I guess so. Well, I mean, it ends with him, like, he left a voicemail Well, Betty and Tabitha were tripping. And doing, God, I can't get over how badly they looked for him he was in he was so close in a very obvious place that's the thing like if they had looked anywhere you (laughs) think they would have gone to sketch alley at least because that's where like the sketchy people live and the sketchy people may have seen another sketchy person aka jughead the only thing i can give is that i guess admittedly jess did distract them and take him on a run around but that that's i don't think that was jess's like intent or maybe it was she wanted the manuscript or maybe she didn't i don't know when betty awakes from her jug trip she is concerned that she gave just the manuscript <laughs> yeah. and tab is like that's not the only thing you should be concerned about you also played the voicemail yeah but betty i like you yeah uh so she uh gets the voicemail from jughead um, actually, I think he gave it to Tabitha. So, yeah, so Tabitha wants to help Betty find the missing girls yeah. because Jughead's leaving, so <laughs> Tabitha still needs to be a character. No, she, wait, no, but here's the thing that gets me. She says that before they, she gets the Jughead voicemail. It's like, by That's the way, right. remember how you're looking for those girls unrelated to what I'm doing right now? Maybe I'll help with that instead. Oh, look, a voicemail from Jughead. Like, she doesn't know he's safe. So Jughead leaves her a voicemail that's like, hey, I thought it was pretty cool how you didn't want me to be a druggie and also how you helped me when I did drugs. But um, something happened to me in the subway in New York and the only way I'm going to become a better person is by going back to New York and looking at the subway. So they are 86 miles from New York and he's going to hitch a ride there, but he's picked up by the evil skeleton, skeleton truck. truck on the lonely highway. <laughs> I'm not worried about it for two reasons. One. Serial killers don't change their M.O. I mean, I was going to start with the least exciting one, which was that he's Jughead. He is a main character on this TV show. Um, But two, this killer is only really shown to be attacking young women. And serial killers don't usually, like, suddenly change their M.O. to be like, yeah, this scruffy-looking guy is probably also fine. He looks sad. He looks sad enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this show. Yep, that is... That is the episode. So, Aaron, I thought we did something interesting here. What? I ended up finding um, a very bad quiz. <gasps> a bad internet quiz? <laughs> yeah. My lifeblood. Which is, what is your Southside Serpent nickname in Riverdale? Oh, it's Carbuckety. <laughs> That's yeah. also a name of a character from Cats. Yeah, well, we all know that there's some cool names for these serpents. There is Tallboy, and there is Sweet Bee. And there's Fangs. There's Fangs, and there's Old Deuteronomy. Never has a name had more impact on us. Mm-hmm. But this... Uh... <laughs> but this quiz will help me figure out my serpent soul. I, I almost promise it won't, but... Got to do it. All um, right. <laughs> so it has eight questions. Okay. Right now, we'll go through them. I am prepared for them. I'll tell you right now, 
Not good. They're not good. This isn't even this isn't even like a BuzzFeed quiz. This is this is a uh, knockoff like BuzzFeed quiz. And I'll tell you why. It begins with Hi, call me Blondie. I apologize in advance. I'm only on season two of Riverdale. Anyways, how are you? What? You can answer bored, hungry, good, meh. Sad me? Oh, no, why? You, I lost my favorite lipstick. Uh, crying emoji. Me, facepalm emoji. Bored. Evil Wait, smile. Bored is on there twice? Uh, well, there's bored, and then there's bored, evil smile. And then there's tall, me, facepalm. I mean, I have to be hungry. I'll be hungry. There were some good ones, but Hungry was true. <laughs> question two. Roleplay time. The characters will be asking the questions. Okay. The answers are yay or ugh. That wasn't a question. It has responses. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Question three of eight. Uh, so when I say the person's name. Okay. Are... I went after the person's names as them doing the line. So, Archie. What would you do if you... Wait, what? Okay. Archie. This is a line. What would you do if you saw Nick, Nick St. Clair trying to drug Cheryl? What would you do? Nick, why me? Archie, because you did. He did do that. The answers for that. Okay. Um, I would break his face. Devil face. Nick, uh, sweating face. Archie, thumbs up. Uh, let him go. Archie, facepalm. Nick, devil. Cheryl, <laughs> concerned face. Josie, also facepalm. You, what? I don't want him to get revenge on me. Everyone, facepalm. Next one. <laughs> God. I just want to have a roller coaster ride of emotions. Kill him. Devil face. Nick, running emoji. Archie, Good job, devil face. Handshake emoji. Betty, sigh. Fourth one. Oh my god. Tower over him with my height. He be short. Nick, hey, Archie, lol, the truth. So which one of those seem right? <laughs> Please don't ask me to go over them again. <laughs> um... Let's do two, because there were so many characters involved. <laughs> you let him go? Sure. Cool. Um, four. Betty, what would you what would you do if an unknown number called you? Pick up the black hood. Devil face. <laughs> Betty. <laughs> face bomb. <laughs> Ignore. I don't know the number. I don't know who they are. The black hood. Stabby, stabby. Uh... <laughs> knife emoji, knife emoji, knife emoji. You, uh, at you know, uh, at symbol, pound symbol. <laughs> you know. Oh, because I'm dead. F, yeah, f off. No, no, it's. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm cursing. Yeah, you f off the black hood, angry face. Okay, the black hood does not stab people who ignore his phone calls. I don't know. And also, I'm not picking up a phone call from someone I don't know. So ignore. I don't know the number. Ignore. All right. Question five of eight. Oh my god. Reggie, if a Southsider, uh, vomit face, asks you out on a date. Would you go out with them quietly to, to Sweet Pea? She would go out with me, Sweet Pea, O-F off. What? Okay, I'll say that again. No, no, I understood it. <laughs> okay. I just didn't like it. Heck nah, Reggie. Ha, see, you. Um, I mean, heck nah. What? To the, oh, <laughs> sorry. Heck nah, Reggie. Ha, see, you. Um, I mean, heck nah to to the she'll choose me crap, Tony chuckles. Uh, sure, sweet pea, sly face. Sorry, but neither. Wait. Um, yeah, let's do sorry, but neither. This all horrifies me. Okay, six of eight. Me, end of role plus. Betty, Jughead didn't get to ask a question yet. Me, I know. He is asking this question. Betty, oh, Jughead, favorite animal. Food, 
poisonous snake, devil face, hamster, piranha, piranha, piranha. I know it's piranha, but that's not how they spelled it. Cat, giraffe, dog, knife, me. That isn't a you, death glare, me. Never mind, koala. <laughs> koala. All right. Who is your favorite character? Okay. Kevin, Midge, Reggie, Jughead, Tall Bay, Sweet Pea, Nick St. Clair with an exclamation point, Archie, Tony, Penny. Why are none of the options Betty? Kevin, Midge, Reggie, Jughead, Tall Bay, Sweet Pea, Nick St. Clair with an exclamation point. Archie, Tony, Penny. Archie? Nailed it. Finally, goodbye. Okay. Yes, no, bye, a bunch of random symbols, quiz. Quiz? No, that's one. Bye, a bunch of random symbols, quiz. Yep. Okay. I'm going to be tall, babe. You got beanstalk. What's a beanstalk? (laughs) Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic escaped from a prison and because their soul was so pure and also so pure evil, they just got to chill out and live their real life as drama? Ah, this episode is all CW moments. (laughs) And though I want to pick the musical. Yeah, that's the one. I am picking the musical. <laughs> Gotta pick the musical. But why? Because we screamed to the heavens when it started. It was a lot. Like, let's clarify. When we say musical, we're not talking about, like, what you'd picture the musical number of. It's essentially... It's like, this was glee. It's like, Well, no, it's like one sentence of a line, and then music, and then one sentence of a line. Like, it's very, like, choral, if that's a and word. Like, it- Makes no sense <laughs> the way they did it. It's real weird. It would only work with Betty and Tabitha. Like, I guess the combination is like, hey, it's you know, it's a um, uh, it it it's it, it's it's church, so they're singing. But combining it with Betty and Tabitha, and then like it keeps going over the fight scene. And it's like a psychedelic rock song, so it's. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like Christian rock. I don't know it. It just it didn't feel. Right. It felt so wrong, and it did not drive the storyline forward. Yeah. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did. And mine is the fact that Veronica, Lodge, Luna, whatever her name is. Chad. Chad. Gecko. Gecko. Whatever name she is going by, when she's in her very high-end store... And someone rings the rings the bell to get let in. In, in the, the middle, middle of the night. In the middle of the night as she's showing an incredibly precious opal to a private buyer. And there's no way this is in regular business hours. Yeah. She, without looking, just buzzes them in. She She's not expecting anyone. She's not anything like that. She just buzzes them in. And it's Dodger and it's Darla. And she recognizes them once she sees them. But why would she just buzz? Buzz someone. It's just so illogical. Especially because you would think she would be suspicious of Chad sending people to, like, annoy her. Like, not even to threaten her or attack her. But, like, you think she'd be suspicious of Chad sending people to annoy her. Well, here's all of the stuff, like, even if you didn't know who Veronica was and none of this made sense. She is showing what we are pretty sure is an illegal blood opal to a private buyer who who she is, like... Like, been courting for months. She has been trying to get this opal for so long. And she just lets randoms into the store. Like, <laughs> it just, she's supposed to be like a high-end, oh, I've worked at like the top-end like, like like jewelry just, stores there. Just have them break in. Have them smash the front window. Yeah, it would have been shocking. Uh, it would have been 
very it would have made a lot more says than her letting them in it is a dangerous neighborhood there are dogs what if a dog learned how to ring the doorbell then she opened up the door and then dogs came in and now there's dogs in your shop veronica because if there's one thing we know at riverdale dogs live here <laughs> they're just dogs they're just dogs all over the place and now they're in veronica's fancy store and they're stealing never gonna opals. leave I would have loved this episode if she <laughs> let the person in, dogs ran in, and one of them ate the opal. And she's like, <laughs> I gotta find that dog. And she's just hanging out with that dog looking for his poop. <laughs> and, she's like, and she's like, Archie, I know you're finding convicts, but they're also a dog. Can you find this dog? The dog ate an opal. And Archie says what he says. No. No. But no, I won't. Somehow the dog would be there. The dog. <laughs> yeah, the dog is Ted. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dog's Ted's dog, but you know. The if, dog is basically Ted. It flashes back, and the dog's always been around. We just didn't know. We just didn't know. Uh, that is, we're back with Riverdale. It was everything I didn't want it to be. Yeah, and we're going to be back next week for another episode of Riverdale. They have at least five episodes in a row. Yeah, at the very least. But until then, Aaron? I'm Aaron Weir. You can find me over at... Uh... A flimsyplan.com, but also I should say the things I'm supposed to say. There we go. Which are, uh, please give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions over at any of your podcasters of choice. Riverdale's back, and we gotta compete, compete now, boys. <laughs> also, you can get us on the social medias. It's all podcast MOA, podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And I already told you about myself. So, Kevin, what's up with you? Uh, you can check out my books. They're all available at KevinWeirBooks.com. Uh, I guess Aaron said hers. I'm, uh, I can be found at, at ShawmanKWeir. Look, it was really weird because we just did a writing conference all weekend. So anytime something someone throws it to me at the end of a panel, I'm like, oh, this is where you find me. I got confused. Yeah, time, time to pr- promote yourself. Always a good time to do it. Uh, but we are done wrapping up and we'll see you next week next week will jughead reach new york safely can veronica pay off chadwick's debts how will veronica get all these dogs out of her store for answers to all this and more join us next week on mystery outsiders and abs a teen drama fan cast 